Want to know why? Ask how. Howard, the humongous. Ah. On the week of October 15, 13 bombs were found in the mail of prominent critics of Donald Trump. Everyone on the bombers' mailing list was a Democrat. But not just any Democrat. A Democrat targeted, attacked, and vilified by Donald Trump's cheerleaders at Fox TV. Targeted by Fox stars like Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity. But did President Donald Trump's rhetoric have anything to do with these 13 letter bombs? According to Trump, absolutely not. Trump tweeted that his violence was caused by the fake media, the newspapers and cable channels that refused to kiss his fucking ass, and asked that Fox TV licks deeply daily. Again, did Trump's way of riling up his audiences demand that someone go out and commit violent acts against the Democrats who Trump calls an angry mob? Yes, but I'll tell you how in a minute. First, it's worth reviewing something we all know. The standard litany of Trump's calls to violence. Here's a partial list from the Canadian magazine McLean's. During the Iowa caucuses in February 1, 2016, Donald Trump told a crowd in Cedar Rapids, quote, if you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously, okay, just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees. I promise, I promise. Nothing violent there, right? On February 23, 2016, during campaign rally in Las Vegas, Trump said of a heckler who was being tossed out of the building, quote, he is walking out with big high fives, smiling, laughing. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Less than two weeks later at a rally in Warren, Michigan, Trump repeated his promise to pay the legal fees of anyone who would attack a protester violently. Said Trump, get him out. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. On March 11th and 12th of 2016, Donald Trump lamented that you couldn't just knock the crap out of people who disagree with you. Responding to the length of time it took to throw a demonstrator out of one of his rallies, he complained that part of the reason it takes so long is nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, and they're being politically correct the way they took him out, so it takes a little longer. And honestly, the protesters realize it they realize that there are no consequences to protesting anymore. Consequences to protesting? That's against the Constitution. Poor baby, you can't just break their face or their ribs anymore? How very, very sad. The next day in Kansas City, Donald Trump said that violent responses to protesters are appropriate, adding, the audience hit back. That's what we need a little more of. At one of his campaign-style rallies in Missoula, on October 18th, just a few days ago, Trump enthused about a Montana congressman's criminal assault on a reporter. Yes, he was convicted of a crime for that assault. Quote, says Trump, any guy that can do a body slam, he's my type. And Trump got cheers. The worst may have been the mind-rupturing video Trump inflicted on us in July 2017. It was a micro-movie of the Donald at a 2007 WWE wrestling match, knocking down a man with a CNN logo superimposed on his face and viciously mauling the downed and helpless victim, punching the CNN character with blow after blow to his face. It was fucking brutal. 
But on August 9, 2016, Trump topped even himself. He stunned the world by hinting that gun owners could take matters into their own hands if his rival, Hillary Clinton, were elected president. Said Trump, if she gets to pick her judges, nothing you could do, folks. Then he slyly added, although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is. I don't know. This kind of thuggish rhetoric has never been seen in a president in my lifetime. And at this point, I've lived a long life. But does it result in real-world violence? And it, did it inspire this week's letter bomber? You bet. Why? Because there are at least 13 armed white supremacist and vigilante groups that want to be Trump's bully boys, his enforcers. And these groups, along with the Tea Party and a few others, amplify Trump's violent rhetoric and keep it alive in the zeitgeist, in the minds of Trump's followers. Who are these 13 groups amplifying Trump's calls for assault and battery? There's the Proud Boys, the Patriot Prayer Group, the Oath Keepers, Identity Uvropa, the Liberty Revival Alliance, the Fraternal Order of Alt Knights, the Traditionalist Worker Party, the American Freedom Party, Stormfront, the Neo-Confederate League of the South, the Vinlander Social Club, the American Guard, and Act for America. Then there are freelancers, inspired by the same Trumpian fervor. One of the freelancers was the Ladder Bomber, 56-year-old Cesar Sayak. To give you the flavor of the Trump-fueled groups and a sense of how they amplify Trump's calls for brutality, let's go back to the Donald's suggestion of an armed takeover in case of a Hillary Clinton win, something Trump called for when he said, she gets to pick her, if she gets to pick her judges, nothing you could do, folks. Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is. Don't know. That's not just a humorous side. It is for real. The Oath Keepers is an armed group of former military police and first responders who now carry their weapons just in case some politician interprets the Constitution in a way that they don't approve of. Now, what part of the Constitution are the Oath Keepers fixated on? The Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. To the Oath Keepers, the First Amendment, freedom of speech, is a miserable afterthought. Then there are the Three Percenters, a group that gets its name from the fact that only 3% of Americans in the Revolution picked up guns and fought. In other words, a small, armed minority willing to fight and kill gave us our constitutional government. So, if a, political, if a politician violates the three percenters' interpretation of the Constitution, it's the American Revolution all over again, this time against our own government. Against our own government. It's a violent revolution led by the three percenters. And what interpretation of the Constitution do the three percenters follow? The sort of interpretation of Alex Jones, who tells us that the Sandy Hook murders were a hoax perpetrated to take Americans' guns away. Alex Jones, who urges us to assault the parents of the dead Sandy Hook children, the so-called hoaxers, mercilessly. Alex Jones, who preaches a doctrine most of this group of 13 armed and dangerous pro-Trump groups seem to believe. That there is a giant conspiracy 
to dissolve the American government and absorb us all in a one-world governmental state that will take away our guns and our free speech and that will force us to live under political correctness. Let's go back to brown shirts. What are they? Or what were they? Back in the 1930s, Mussolini's fascist Italy and Hitler's Nazi Germany had organized political gangs who beat people up on the street and sometimes killed them. These black shirts and brown shirts were sturdily loyal to Mussolini and to Hitler, the, the dictators. They pummeled the crap out of those who didn't spout constant praise for the great leader, the dictator of the day. These gangs crushed dissent, and they helped kill despised citizens like Jews. Alt-right groups like the Proud Boys are eager to be Donald Trump's brown shirts. The Proud Boys glorify political violence against leftists. They have reenacted the political assassinations of a Japanese socialist, and they have been seen wearing shirts that praise Augusto Pinochet's murders of leftists, tens of thousands of them, in Chile 45 years ago. The group's founder, Gavin McInnes, says, I want violence. I want punching in the face. I'm disappointed in Trump supporters for not punching enough. Are the Proud Boys in any way connected with Trump? Well, you've just heard the Proud Boys founder repeat a Trumpism. Quote, I'd like to punch him in the face, close quote. The Proud Boys have an initiation for you if you want to enter their ranks. The fourth step of the initiation rite is this. You have to go out and beat the shit out of someone. Again, is Donald Trump in any way connected to this group? A group that's been called an alt-right fight club? Membership in the Proud Boys soared when Trump was elected president in 2016. And one of the group's leaders agrees with Trump that journalists who don't work for Fox TV or The Daily Caller are enemies of the people. Um, people get in our way, shoot them, he says. And when it comes to the journalists of the so-called fake media, quote, I'll tell them you're the first ones that are going to be hanging from a lamppost in the event of a revolution. Does that sound violent? And does it come directly from Donald Trump's rhetoric? Did any of this violence in the zeitgeist translate itself into the action of the bomber who hit 13 Democrats with explosive packages during the week of October 21st? I'll let you be the judge. This is Howard the Humongous speaking to you from the future. It's your job and my job to make or Want to know why? Ask how. <laughs> and now, for that infinitely sleazy, slimy, seditious, politically incorrect little off button. There it is.